Well, good morning, everybody. And I uh, just want to welcome everybody that's here in person. <laughs> Pastor's kids, you can't know you doing. You know, so, uh, but I just want to welcome everybody that's here this morning. I want to welcome everybody that's watching online via Facebook. I uh, want to welcome everybody that's coming by the podcast. And just to speak to this real quick, just know that always, if you're here with us, any time during our gathering together, uh, you can worship God with your giving. We have the, the buckets there in the back, the offering receptacles for those that give through cash or check. There's also a way to give online or via a text if you would like to. Uh, but I say that to say, uh, make that part of your worship. We don't necessarily pass a bucket like maybe we're all familiar with just because we want what you give to be a time of worship because that's truly what it is. It's truly a way for us to, to celebrate God and his goodness and his provision and his mercy for us. Amen. So know that anytime during the service, you can do it when you get here, you can do it during worship, you can do it even in the middle of the message, just whenever, just make it an act of your worship. Does that make sense? Yes. Or if you give via text, make sure that's a worshipful act. Amen. We're not just dropping money in a plate and moving on. Right, We are giving this out of our heart and our spirit. Amen. Just wanted to say that as we do that. And welcome. Come on in as everybody's coming. You're good. Come on. Come on. It's all good. Hey, we're laid back, right? My commitment is, is we will always stay laid back. Does that make sense? I know we sit in certain ways and we sit in rows. Uh, but aren't you glad that, that just loving Jesus should be fun? I haven't said this in a long time. Um, church should be enjoyed and not endured. <laughs> If you're, if you're enduring church, uh, come here, okay? <laughs> if, if, if you're enduring church here, please come talk to me and we'll fix it. Yes. Amen. One way or the other, right? We'll fix it either way. Amen. But if you'll go in your Bibles, please, this morning, uh, we're going to cover a lot of scripture today. I want to get to something I was so excited about where Father's taking us. But go to James chapter 5 and 1 John chapter 5. We'll start there. And go ahead and get your fingers all warmed up to text or find or flip or ever how you do it. Because we will look at a lot of scripture today. I really want to uh, cover an important part. But in James chapter 5, and before we jump in, Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the Bible. And thank you for your spirit that teaches us together in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, but look at this. It says in James chapter 5, verse 13, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Then let him pray. I just don't you love? Just gotta. I, I chuckle. I always read. Hey, listen. If you're suffering, pray. That sounds like a great idea, right? Anyway, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. Another great obvious. Aren't you glad that God's obvious? You know, sometimes we over spiritualize life. Right. Well, what do I do? What do I do? Why are you suffering? Pray. <laughs> are you cheerful? Okay, awesome. Sing. Is any one of you a sick? It says, then let him call the elders or the pastors or the leaders of the church and let them pray over him and anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Hey, listen, did you know if you're ever sick, please call us. Yes. Please. Can I just say, if you're ever not feeling well, call us. Yes. Now, if you're, if you're ever not feeling well and you feel like, man, I shouldn't come to the gathering because, you know, I got flu symptoms. or Okay, sure, fine, stay home, but still call me. Yes. Amen. We'll pray over you over the phone. Yes. Is this all, do y'all see how basic this is? Yes. Amen. And then it says, but where you want to get, that was all free, by the way. That was Love all extra. It. Love it. Just good old practical stuff when we read the Bible. But verse 15, it says, and 
The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Praise God. And when you call on the elders of the church, we anoint you with oil. And it says, and the prayer of faith. And that's what we're talking about for these weeks is we're talking about the subject of prayer. I don't know how long we'll talk about prayer. I suppose it's going to be lengthy just because this is a year for prayer for us as a church family. So we're really going to endeavor to unpack the subject of prayer thoroughly through this year. Uh, We looked at Ephesians chapter 5 when Paul said, pray with all kinds of prayer or all types of prayer. So there's multiple types of prayer, right? There's multiple kinds of prayer. Just like we said, just like there's multiple types of tools or there's multiple types of games or sports we could play, there are multiple types of prayer. And here, James says, one of those types of prayer is called the prayer of faith. Amen. Praise God. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, y'all going to get excited before it's all over with. Amen. Aren't you glad? The prayer of faith will save the sick. Amen. But I want to talk a little bit further about what is then the prayer of faith. Because for me, the prayer of faith is probably the foundational type of faith. The prayer of faith is really the, the, the stone, if you will, or the practice that we put all other kinds of prayer on. The prayer of faith. When you read this, how confident is that? Very. Amen. It's just confident, right? I mean, here James is saying, hey, listen, it's obvious, right? Yeah. The prayer of faith is just obvious. Oh, you're sick? Okay, get the leaders to lay hands on you. They'll anoint you with oil. And they'll pray over you in the name of Jesus. And the prayer of faith, it'll make you well. It'll raise you up. Did it, sound like, did it sound like, well, we hope? No. Well, maybe. Again, like what? Maybe if, you, if, you, if you're a good little boy or you're a good little girl mm-hmm. or you've read the Bible well or you've done whatever X, Y, Z well. No, it just says, no, the prayer of faith is a prayer of confidence. Mm-hmm. It's a prayer of confident expectation based on God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Not based on you, right. not based on whatever with your life. It's based on God. Yeah. Amen. Does that make sense? So it is so free, yeah. right? It's not based on your confession, right? It's not based on your giving. It's based on him. That's the prayer of faith. Now jump over to 1 John chapter 5. Everybody all right this morning? Yes. Amen. First John chapter five. And it says in verse 14, now this is, oh, the TV's down. Gotcha. What's Kevin doing? Kevin's fixing. Oh, gotcha. Oh, thank you. And it says, now this is the confidence that we have in who? Now notice that. Where is this confidence focused? Him. Him. It doesn't say, and this is the confidence that we have in ourself. Come on, this is, this is the confidence we have in our spirituality. Does it, is that what it says? This is the confidence we have in our holiness. The confidence is in who? 
It's in him. And this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Praise God. Aren't you glad God hears you? Anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. Praise God. This is the confidence we have in who? In In him. That if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. If we know that he hears us, we know he does it. Now, can I, how confident does that kind of prayer sound in? Very. How many of you have ever heard praying that doesn't ever sound that confident? Come on now, be honest. Right? You, you, you've gone to places and, and there's no, there's like, hey, listen, you know, now God, I know. I know we don't deserve it. I know we're not worthy. I know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And remember, not all things that sound spiritual are. Now, again, I'm going to try to be as nice as I know how, right? Some things that sound spiritual are just plain stupid. Yes. Yes. Does that, does that make sense? Amen. Some things that sound spiritual, and, they, and, and again, we all, and we have, we've been tuned. You know, voice has to sound a certain way. It all sounds nice and pious and humble and holy and, oh, yes, God. <laughs> you know. No, 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 listen, this, John is saying, now remember who John is, John was Jesus' BFF, right? Jesus' best friend was John, and John said, hey, listen, this is what I know. You come to him, and you pray according to his will, Mm -hmm. then we know beyond the shadow of fact, he hears us and he answers us. Mm -hmm. Now listen, now let's back up, because everybody says, yeah, Brad, but that's according to the will of God, Right? And the will of God is mysterious. Is that right? No. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. Y'all looking at Everybody shake yourself. Is the will of God mysterious? No. No. Everybody say no. 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 Aren't you glad God is not a mysterious dude? Yes. Amen. Again, I know that might challenge some religious thinking because we've been trained. Oh, he moves in mysterious ways. And that is a verse in the Bible. And it is true that the way God moves sometimes causes me to scratch my head and go, well, you know, I, I wouldn't have done it like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank, goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. But listen, we talked about that a little bit last week, right? That's what gets us in trouble mm-hmm. is many times we not only want to come to God and pray, we want to define to him how to answer. And, and, and I need you to answer me just like this, God. Right. Now, again, God's ways, are. sometimes God will come up to you and it, it, it looks a little goofy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But that's just because he's fun. Yeah. I mean, yes. Well, I think back to when you said, stop asking the, the who's and the how's and the, the why. Uh, then that gets you putting it on your terms again. That's exactly That's right. And, and just follow it. And again, well, here's the thing. So I, I'm going to use an example, right? So it was a day. Peter comes and Peter's a little worried. He says, Jesus, we got this tax to pay. 
what are we going to do? Now, we suppose that Jesus didn't have the means to pay the tax, but that's not what the Scripture says. When you look at the whole of Scripture, we understand that Jesus had resources, right? Because apparently Judas kept the money box. Judas had a habit of helping himself, and nobody noticed. (laughs) So um, my lightning fast Alabama brain is like, you know, if I got four quarters... Right, and Josh takes one, I'm going to notice that 25% of my income is gone. But apparently Judas could help himself and nobody knew. Right, apparently it was such a habit that again, right, Judas said when the lady broke the alabaster box, uh, and Judas goes, we could have sold that and had even more money to give to the poor. And the Bible says, well, that's not really his heart's motivation he was saying, if we sold that, that'd have been more I could have siphoned off and helped myself with. And even at the end, when, when Judas betrays Jesus and Jesus sends him out, everybody else just assumed Jesus had sent him on an errand of benevolence because that was just what Jesus did all the time. He would send Judas out because Judas had the bag. Hey, go feed those people. Hey, go take care of that. Hey, go do that. Does that make sense? I mean, a little bit of of a groundwork because when this day comes with Peter, we think and we've been told, well, they was broke. They was busted and disgusted. They needed a miracle, a financial miracle to pay this tax. And they didn't. (laughs) Right? Jesus could have reached in his pocket and handed Peter a coin. Jesus could have turned to Judas and said, hey, go pay that tax for us. Mm-hmm. But see, Jesus just likes to have a good time and teach us how to trust him. <laughs> so Jesus looks at Peter and says, well, Peter, this is what I want you to do. Peter's like, why don't you go fishing? Catch a fish, open the fish's mouth up, and there will be the money. Go pay my tax and your tax too. Now that sounds mysterious. Cause, cause, right? I mean, because Peter would have been like, well, well, can't you just like talk to... Judas and just, I mean, the money's there. Remember, 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 it's more important to God, your journey of trusting him than the result of the journey. See, we are trained to be outcome based. God's kingdom works on relationship based. Does that make sense? Again, all of us, we all went, how many went to school? Right? Everybody, come on now. Everybody here went to school sometime. You can read, right? How many of you took a multiple guess test? Come on, multiple guess. I know it's called multiple choice, but none of us chose. We just guessed, right? I mean, and so if you were like me, you had patterns. I went A, then B, then C, then D, and then D, then C, then B, then, you know what I mean? Come on now. It wasn't even, it was just a guess. It was a multiple guess. I mean, are you with me? You know, that's called outcome-based education. They're trying to get you to get a grade. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not necessarily downing it. I'm not necessarily putting it down. I'm just saying that's just what it is. It's not a test that, that speaks to your actual intelligence. It just says, can you answer questions, yeah. right? And can you get a certain percentage? Mm-hmm. See, the kingdom of God doesn't work that way. Amen. Our culture may work that way. Mm-hmm. Our society may work that way. We may be outcome-based at work. Hey, you do a good job, they let you keep working there. You don't do a good job, they'll let you go work somewhere else. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So it's so our world, but the kingdom of God is not outcome-based. 
Listen to me. The kingdom of God is relationship-based. The kingdom of God is about relationship more than outcome. Everywhere. But that's the part. Again, John, earlier in the same book, John said, truly, our fellowship, our relationship is with God and with each other. Well we, well, we will. There will be, again, now please, there will be reward that comes to us in heaven. There is reward here in life. But the rewards flow from relationship. Okay, can, let me now go ahead. Thank you, Kurt. I was, I, saying, I was thinking, like, our relationship based on earth will get us our reward in heaven. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there will be, again, you will, please hear me, you will receive rewards in heaven. You follow God here. Right, and he will bless you. Yeah. Now look at me. Am I looking at y'all? Yeah. So, yeah, again, I'll say it again. Y'all know we're playing for points, right? Yeah. Y'all know God's a capitalist. He's not a socialist. Yeah. God wants a return on his eternal investment into our soul. But remember, but how we activate in the kingdom of God is not based on results. It's based on relationship. I'm going to say, come on, let me talk about prayer. Results in prayer are not the objective. Relationship is the objective of prayer. Okay, you know, thank y'all, number one. All of y'all that were able to come last night and celebrate Selena and I, thank you very, very much. Everyone that helped make that, that was, again, like I just heard Brother Wayne's voice. I would sit with him in Mexico and... He'd say, well, Brad, now you know how that donkey feels when he carried Jesus into the, into the city. He thought all that praise was for him. <laughs> he didn't realize he was just carrying Jesus. Amen. But I appreciate it. But coming to our relationship, what if my relationship with Selena was just outcome-based? It would fail. It would fail. You meet my need... You supply my this. I'm coming to you. Even if, even if done in love. Mm-hmm. Even if done in sincerity. Listen to me. If I come to my wife and it's based on completion of need, my marriage will fail. Mm-hmm. I come to my wife because I want to know her. I want to know who she is. I want to know how she thinks. I want to know how God made her. I want to know her. And from knowing her, needs get met. Yeah. Yes. But if I come at it going, you need to meet my needs, y'all hear me joke, I become an emotional parasite. Yes. Right? I'm, I'm a vampire of a different day. I want to suck your love. <laughs> <laughs> I come at it this way and, and, and I, will, I will kill her. Mm-hmm. I will kill our relationship. Mm-hmm. If I'm just needs centered. Mm-hmm. Y'all look at me at the, it's good. like a cow to Newgate. Y'all all right? Yeah. If, I, if I come to my children and it's needs centered, mm-hmm. it will fail. Mm-hmm. If I only relate to my children based on their ability to obey me. It will fail. Yeah. I, I, come, I want to know them. I want to know their heart. Yeah. 
And yes, from knowing their heart, obedience will come. Come on, are you with me? So, so again, people say, well, Brad, what do you, I know you've changed. Your career's changed this last year. What do you do? And my knee-jerk answer now is I go, I served Tim and Tammy Yeager. I served their family mm-hmm. and their children, Ryan and Dakota Stone. That's what I do. I serve them. Okay. People look at me. Well, well, how I do that is, is I help manage their bistro and I help sell restaurant equipment in their business. But mm-hmm. what I do yes. is I serve them. I have relationship with them. God connected us, and I serve them. Now, from that comes my income, comes opportunity. Do you, do you see how the? But it's from relationship. See, the kingdom of God is relationally centered. The earth is outcome centered. Many times I've wondered if our prayers don't seem to be answered it's because it's not centered on relationship. Again, I'm, again, John said, it is humbling, isn't it? It's humbling for me. But listen, John said, now this is the confidence that we have in him. Not even this is the confidence we have in prayer. Y'all, anybody look at me? Yeah. Okay. This is the confidence we have in Him. Therefore, I pray. Yes. Do, you, do you see that difference? I have a confidence in Him. Therefore, I pray. Therefore, I ask. Therefore, I seek. Because it's not about prayer, it's about Him. Yes. Absolutely. Almost all prayer is born from fear and panic. Again. Oh, man. That's a great question, Ms. Elisa. Is that prayer? Technically, sure. We're praying. We're still conversing. But it's kind of like this. It's, man, and how do you say, help me be kind, Lord. Um, Is... You know, if I was building a relationship with you and Carl, and we are, we're building, a, and I come and I make demands of you that go beyond depth of relationship, what will happen? <laughs> Nothing. Does that make sense? Yeah. If I come and I'm going to go, I'm going to exert demands upon you, but I don't really know you. Well, some, sometimes the fence comes. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't know. Again, does that make sense? I, I didn't know you. You didn't know me. There was a. See, the depth of relationship strengthens the ability to ask. Do y'all see that? Right? The depth of relationship strengthens the ability to ask and secures the guarantee of expectation. Does that make sense? Because why? Because you know that person. I mean, you know. So again, when we talk about it, because the, it says here that if you ask anything according to the will of God, do you understand that the will of God 
has more to do what you know God will do than what he actually does. Does that make sense? I'm trying not to be. Did you know I have a will? Yes. Everybody, can it, can I do? Somebody tell me, just from observation, what you suppose my will is. Fishing, fishing. Absolutely. <laughs> how, how do you know? <laughs> it's all I talk about. It's all I do. I get extra money and I buy fishing gear. Yeah. Does that, do y'all see? But say, how hard was that to think about other areas? What, what is my will? And again, I'm just, just trying to have fun with you, but think those of you that know me, as far as you know me, I love to pour. Mm-hmm. I love to pour into people's lives. I love to empty everything out that I have. That's, that's my will because that's just who I am. Is it hard to ask for that? No. Not at all. Because that's just who I am. Is it, again, is it hard to get me to go fishing? Miss Eloise, is it hard to get me? I tried not to aggravate Miss Eloise. I'd be over at Miss Eloise's house like all the time. I'll make you a key. Yeah. <laughs> Does that... Do you see, see when, un, cooking, I love to cook. Mm-hmm. Is it hard for me to cook? No. no. Why? It's just my, it's just my will. It's just who I, see the will of a person comes straight out of who they are. So the more you know a person, you know their will because you know them. What if y'all heard, and I know this is a shocking all example, shockingly awful, I apologize. But what if you heard I was running around on Selena? Huh? I would not. But, but what was your first thing? But, it, but if you heard somebody come, but did you know that Pastor Brad? I, I know I just saw him the other day or he did what he was running off. He was some other lady. It would be. But again, but you see, see some of y'all would go, that's just. Who? Who are you talking about? Are you sure? I need pictures. Right? I mean, I, hopefully that's what y'all would say. I need evidence. I, hopefully none of y'all would. Otherwise, you don't know me. <laughs> but, but does that make sense? Or, or, but listen to me. Do you understand? As, as you know somebody, and if you hear something contrary to their will, you go, that's a lie. That's not true. Who are you talking about? Are you sure? I need evidence. But man, we sure don't do that to God, do we? A lot of times the people that you talk to, you can know whether or not they're lying. You can, absolutely. But listen to me. What, my thing is we do this with God. Oh, well, God took so-and-so. What? Yep. Come on, God God took so-and-so. Doesn't and you go, well, so when I, I hear that and I have to be nice. Because the initial part of me going, that's just a lie. Yeah. Now, so-and-so died, yes. but God didn't take them. Because yeah. in the Bible, there's only, God took two people in the Bible. Do you know that? God took two people. Yes. Where it clearly says he took a man named Enoch and a man named Elijah. You know the curious thing about both those dudes when God took them? They were alive when he took them. God, God doesn't have to kill anybody to take them. He can just take them. Yes. Right? <laughs> he just took him live. He just took him whole. He's, mm-hmm. 
But listen, but are you here, somebody? Well, God made so and so sick. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, he did not. That's a lie. Well, God made so-and-so go through that hard time. Uh-uh. He did not. He did not. No, he didn't. That's right. Because see, now, now, I get, I get, now you're talking about my daddy. That's right. Now you're talking about my father. Yeah. Now you're talking about my God. And you obviously don't know my God. That's right. Because that is... But see, that's one. But now flip around to the other side. But when you know someone, you would have no problems going. I'm going to ask Brad to go fishing. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm going to ask Brad about this. I'm going to ask Brad if he has a good recipe or if he'd help me with cook. Do you? Why? You, you have, there's a confidence. I got no worries about asking for any of those things. Why? Because I know him. Do you see that's what John was saying? Go to Psalms chapter 9. And y'all got to help me keep track of time, say. Because we're going to Everybody say, Brad, go slow. Go slow. All right. It's 1140. 1140. All right, I got 20 more minutes and we'll land the plane. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. Psalms chapter 9. You know, it's fun to discover verses you've never seen before. This is fun. This is one of those ones, literally, I have never seen this verse before. I don't know why I've never seen this before, first before, but I just never have. So I just, I just think that's fun. I don't know if y'all, I just like, look at there. Look at there. There's more stuff. I don't know. This is awesome. And nine. Nine, nine. It says, the Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed. Hallelujah. Come on now. Yes. Nine, nine. Psalms nine, nine. The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed oppressed a refuge in times of trouble now notice verse 10 and those who know your name will put their trust in you come on do you see that those that know god for who he is they'll put their trust in him because they'll know him Again, I'm going to encourage every one of you, we don't have time to do it in this year, in this study. Go through the Bible, and I need you to look at all the names of God. Right? In general. Now, if you're, if you're facing any challenge, again, if you, we put these verses, if you're going through anything that feels oppressive, if you're going through anything that's a time of trouble, if you're going through anything that we would call a challenge or a circumstance, I'm going to encourage you, before you pray... I want you to go find God's name about that situation. Oh, good. I want you to take the time to go look in the Bible and see who God is in that time of trouble. Do you see? Because again, I love that. Because see, in times of sickness, he's a refuge for the sick. Why? Because he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm going to wait one day. I'm going to get excited. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. Y'all going to shout and, and, and act like you're excited. It's going to be awesome. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Amen. Because this, uh, the more I, I just get excited. Yeah. You just, I don't know if, and it's not just because I'm up here. I just get excited. You look at this, man. If you're going through times of financial difficulty, he is a refuge in times of lack. In times of fight. Why? Because he's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. Mm-hmm. Amen. 
I was looking at this morning, he is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Amen. 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 Isn't that cool? I mean, you look at all whatever that, if you're going through mental issues and worry and anxiety or stress, right? Did you know, right? That's, he's a place of refuge, right? Because he's literally Jehovah Shalom. He's the God of peace. See, we think like that, you understand that the refuge that it's talking about is him, It's not like it's a thing over here. Right. I'm going to go to God's refuge and it's, it, it's over here. Right? No, no, no. I go to him. Why? Because he is the refuge. Yeah. He is the high tower. Yeah. He is my fortress. He is my ever-present help in time of trouble. He is this. Does that make sense? And we go to him for who he is because who he is and everything his names represent, that is the refuge. See, and we stand in there and then we act from that place. Does that make sense? Amen. So again, whatever you're facing, whatever's going on or whatever may come. Now, again, I, I don't want this to sound necessarily negative, but you understand there's three basic phases of human existence, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're either coming out of a crisis, right? <laughs> In a crisis, uh-huh. are going to have a crisis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound, that's not pessimistic, that's just life, right? You're either coming out of a crisis, in a crisis, or going to have a crisis. Mm-hmm. Whether you realize it. Whether you, it's coming. <laughs> Amen. And then that's not fatalistic and that's not anti-faith. That's just because we live in a world that's fallen. We live in a place that's not redeemed. Mm-hmm. We live in a system, in a culture that's not redeemed. You're redeemed, but what's around you ain't redeemed. How many of you can say amen? But tomorrow we're going to go to some places. Mm-hmm. Some of them are called work. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be surrounded by places that ain't redeemed here. <laughs> yes. some not un- there's some unsaved folk here. Yeah. There, there's some unsaved mentality here. There's some, there's some world here, right? But aren't you glad you don't go alone? Yes. Now, again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself where we're going down a pathway that one day we'll marry this together, but you understand that you and God are connected. If you saw my post I put out on the group me and stuff like that, do you understand that you are God's place called there? Many, many times we're running around, we're trying to find our place called there. Well, his name just happens to be Jesus. And you are his place called there. So see, that's why when you run to him for who he is, it turns back around and you become that place too. You understand that? See, 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 you run to him as Jehovah Rapha, the healer, and don't be shocked when you turn into the place of healing. Yes. Not just for you, but for others. Yes. Amen. Understand? 
When you run to him as Jehovah Shalom because you're seeking peace, don't be shocked that you become a peaceful place too. Yes, yes, yes. And I told you about that. Did I ever told you that story about Brother Wayne Myers? I don't know why he got stuck with me yesterday, but he was with me all night last night in my head. I could hear his voice. A hundred years old, been a missionary since. He, I mean, I just got to hit pause. This is just, I got to tell Brother Wayne. Brother Wayne Myers is awesome. You can Google him, research him. He's been in Mexico as an apostle for since after World War II. The coolest thing, I just got to, the coolest thing is he literally, I'm talking to him one day, and he reaches in his suit coat pocket and he pulls out a three by five card that's all yellowed with age. And on it were the three things God told him he would do when he prayed in Bible school before he went into Mexico. You know. But Brother Wayne was that kind of guy. He was, he was on, what was that? He was on the USS Enterprise, the aircraft carrier in World War II. He was a, a, a seaman that was there. And him and about two dozen other born-again, spirit-filled believers would pray every day on the ship. They would pray in spirit and they'd pray in tongues. And the Holy Spirit would show them where the ship would be attacked in the next battle. And they would do all they could to, to warn people and tell them, hey, watch out. This is going to happen over here. And they saved countless lives wow. by the power of the Spirit. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. It's amazing. That's now, why was I telling all that? So cool. Oh, that's why I was telling all that. But Brother Wayne. So we go to Brother Wayne's house in Mexico. Miss Martha's, his wife is now with the Lord. Brother Wayne's still going. He turned 100 last year. Wow. Right, but we go to eat fried chicken because you couldn't get good fried chicken. But Miss Martha's from Mississippi, yes. so she'd make fried chicken and she'd invite us over in biscuits and gravy because she knew we were from Alabama yes. and we were homesick. So she'd invite yes. us over have lunch at Brother Wayne and Miss Martha's house. We'd go over, and I remember the first time we go, we walk in and there's a man sitting in there. I walk in the front door, and their living room is right here to the right, and I look, and there's a man sitting there. I said, "Oh, Brother Wayne, I'm sorry you got guests. We can come back another time." Oh no, 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 it's okay. He's just here for the peace. And I said, pardon? He goes, oh, no, our house, it's known as a place of peace. So we just leave the front door unlocked. And pastors and ministers come in here all the time throughout the day, and they'll sit in that room just to be in a place of peace. So come on, and we'll eat here in the dining room. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> listen to me. Listen, do you understand why? Because Brother Wayne knew Jehovah Shalom. And because he knew his will, he became the place of peace also. Does that make sense? Now, why are we talking about all of this? Besides the fact that it's really cool. Go to Matthew chapter 6. How am I doing? Time? 11.50. I got 10 minutes. Anybody got 10 more minutes? Who'll give me 10 minutes? 10, 20, 30, 40. But <laughs> that's, old, that's old preacher joke. Matthew chapter 6. So remember, last week we talked about Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. If someone desires to come to God, if someone desires to please God, they must have faith. Right? They must have a persuasion and an expectation on two things. One... That he is. Did you, we must be persuaded in who he is and that he will reward us based on who he is. And for seeking him 
for who he is. Does that make sense? Yes. So see, faith is about who he is. Not about necessarily how well you believe. I know that's going to chat. You hear that? Faith is about who he is and your willingness to go after him for who he is, not based on the perfection of your belief or your expression of belief. But it's just based on who he is. Who he is, I am. Yes, very good, Kurt. But I want you to go after him. I am. Yeah, that's right. When he tells you, he goes, I am. When he tells you, when he, and that's right, that's right. And he tells you who he is. I am this. I am again. I am healer. I am savior. I am peace. I am righteousness. Right? I am all powerful. Right? I am counselor. I, I mean, there's the li- guys, the list is long. Because one name won't hold him. Yes. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. And I love that. But I, I was saying, but I thought you were jumping ahead of me. But and the other side of that is once I know who he is, I know who I am too. Yes. See, and that's where he's trying to get us to. Again, I'll, I'll pick on my daughter, Audra. Right? You know, many of y'all know part of our story or our story, how I had abandoned her. Right? And when you were 20, God brought us back together. But I love her response as we got to know each other over these 12 years. She goes, I make so much sense. (laughs) She goes, in my other family, I was always just a weirdo. Right? Because no one else liked to read. But I come here and, and wow, we're a people of books. We're a people who read. Right, Selena did. Selena reconnected. I don't know if y'all know her story or not, but Selena never knew her biological father, and found about the same time as God brought Audra back. God brought in Papa Harold, and it was thirty something years for y'all. Y'all never known each other, but she goes and meets her dad, meets her brothers. She didn't know she had, and Selena goes, "Oh my, oh my, I make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's." Wow, okay. That's where that comes from. That's where that comes from. That's where that comes from. Yes. See, when you find your father, you make sense. Yes. Yes, so good. When you know who your father is, you go, oh, that makes sense. That's why my heart pulls me that way. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm bent, I lean that way. That's why this feels odd to me. Because, see, when I lived in the house of my stepdaddy, the devil, mm. there was a different culture there that wasn't mine by That's nature. Right. That's right. And, That's I never, right. and I never fit in his culture. Right. I never fit in his world. Right. He tried to talk me into it that it was made for me, mm-hmm. but it was never made for me. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. Mm-hmm. But when I know my father, I know myself. Mm-hmm. And when I know my father... Not only do I know how I will respond in life, I know how he always responds. That's good. I love, I love, I mean, my kids do that. They'll, they'll, t- I'll tell another story. This is all right. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, we, we moved back from Canada 14 years ago. It's been 14 years ago now. 
not 49 years ago, nine years, I'm sorry. We were there, it was in 2014. I was thinking it was 2014. So in 2014, nine years ago, we moved back from Canada. But what I love is, is we're coming back. And if y'all knew us back then, how many remember we had a, a big, ugly blue van? It was, oh, I appreciate it. It was beautiful. Kids love it. it was, we called him Big Blue. It was a big two-tone blue Ford van, right? And that's what we had. 15 pasture. We hauled everybody in it. We're there. We're coming back down. And it's so funny. That winter in Canada, we had zero snow. First winter we'd, we were there in 10 years, we had no snow. Well, it didn't snow at all. It was a very mild winter, and we were all excited. We'd come back to Alabama and get here, and we'd been here like a week, yeah. and it snowed. Y'all remember in 2014, it snowed, <laughs> shut down 280, people crashed everywhere. And all of a sudden, Audra calls me. She goes, hey, Dad. I go, yeah. I told some people you'd come get them. <laughs> I said, you did? She goes, she goes, yeah. She goes, they're over here. She just tells me. I said, okay, let me put the chains on the van. We'll go get them. Mm -hmm. But listen to me. I love that. She was a little nervous (laughs) because we're still getting to know. But she goes, but I know what he'll do. Yes. And he has the means to do it. And he has the means to do it and the willingness to. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you see that? See that? That's faith. And that phone call is the prayer of faith. That's so good. Hey, listen, I know who you are. And I'll know what you'll do. Yeah. So I'm asking you just to be who you are. Amen. And she didn't have to call ahead. Hey, can I get permission Mm-mm. to go tell the? She just, people were expecting me to show up. Yeah. So we went around that day. And I forgot how many people. We picked up so many people. Picked up people, drove them around, dropped them off back home. People going. I had the only time I ever wore out a pair of chains. Right, literally, how good we pulled up back in the house, got everybody dropped off. We pulled up in the driveway, and I heard tink in the back, and I go out there and I snap the chains yeah. on, on the van. She's so tired. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But see, that's you see, that's faith. That's who who is your father? Mm-hmm. And see, prayer is directed on who he is, not what I'm seeking only. Right. Do y'all see that connection? Now, I'm going to introduce something. Man, just one minute. Do I do this? I'm going to introduce something we'll have to pick up with it next week. All right? So in Jesus' life, he talks about faith, right? Jesus taught us a lot about faith. And Jesus had size dimensions. Do y'all remember? Jesus had three terms he used for faith. He said, some folks got little faith. Some folks got great faith, uh-huh. and all it takes is mustard seed size faith, which is a little bit. So listen to me, and I know this is where we start. There is an understanding we must come about faith within us, but I wanted it based on this foundation of who he is. Because his size had nothing to do with the person's ability to believe. That's actually what the mustard seed was. Was Hey, listen, ability to believe, mustard seed. Does that make sense? You only need an ability about the size of a mustard seed to move a mountain. Ability-wise. So your ability, your ability to believe God doesn't have to be big at all. 
So the big, the little, and the great stuff has nothing to do with your ability. We're going to look at next week, it has everything to do with the amount of knowing. And what gets in the way of knowing. <laughs> I can give you scriptures real quick. I mean, so we're going to look, if you want to look at them and read them before we go home, I want you to read three stories out of Matthew, Matthew chapter six, verses 25 to 30, Matthew chapter eight, verses 23 through 26, Matthew chapter 16, verses five through 12. And we'll unpack them next week, but it's probably great for you guys to read ahead of time. These three references and a couple of more talk about little faith. They're all times when Jesus looked at someone and said, why do you have little faith? But in those three stories, Jesus told us the three enemies of faith. The three things that get in the way of great faith. The things that get in the way of great knowing of him. I want us to add this to faith is how well I know him. Remember we've been working on interchanging definitions. Right? We said that once a couple of years ago we could interchange faith with the word persuasion. We talked about all last year, right? Faith is what? Faith is our positive response to everything Jesus yes. did. I want to add another little synonymous insert into faith. Faith is how well I know him. Does that make sense? How well do I know him? How well do I know who he is? Right? And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, hey, listen, because of what happened, you have little knowing of me. Anybody want me to kind of give you a whole spoiler alert? Now, if I give you spoilers, you got to come back next week. That's my only thing. If y'all don't come back next week, it's all Brad talking to stay home. No, just But worry is an enemy of great faith. It's an enemy of great knowing. Fear is an enemy of great knowing. And here's the one that shocked me. Not understanding is an enemy of great knowing. Or misunderstanding. Right? And those are the three enemies of great knowing. And then we're also going to look at, but there's the other side where Jesus had two times when he looked at people and says, but you, oh man, you, you have great faith. You have great faith. Those stories are found in Matthew chapter eight. Well, actually we're going to look at Matthew chapter, or Luke chapter seven. We'll look at Matthew's eight as well, but we'll look at Luke chapter seven, verses one through 10. And that's the story of the centurion. And then we're going to look at Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. And that's the story of the Canaanite or the Syrophoenician woman. Now it's interesting, and just again, spoiler alert, it's interesting that the two that had great knowing were people who should have been on the outside of knowing. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. The two people who had a great knowing of God were people who were outside of the house of Israel. <laughs> Does that make sense? The folks that should have known him were filled with worry, fear, and un not understanding or misunderstanding. Oh. Come on now. Wow. 
I have never seen a more clearer picture of the church than ever before. Those that should know him are filled with fear, fear, worry, and misunderstanding. Even though they came from the house of faith. And those that don't know him or shouldn't, shouldn't, we should be, well, they don't. Have you ever heard this? Well, why did they get their X, Y, Z? And I've been a good little boy. I've been a good little Christian. And why didn't I? Eh, why didn't I get what I asked for? And Jesus said, only because you don't know me. They know me. <laughs> Come on. Does that make sense? Yep. Amen. See, see, the centurion knew him very, very well because he understood authority. And the Syrophoenician, I just love her so much. I'm, she's becoming one of my favorites now. She just didn't have enough sense not to quit. I got to thought because just because time's I'm going to land the plane here. I love the Syro. Have you ever run into anybody that believes, well, maybe... The Lord doesn't want to heal me. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe God doesn't want. Maybe there's a special reason. There's a special circumstance. There's a special lesson. And God doesn't want to heal me. And and I was puzzled until I bumped again into the Syrophoenician woman and realized that's exactly what Jesus told her. We'll look at the story next week. And you'll look at it this week as you read. (laughs) There's the Syrophoenician. She comes to Jesus and goes, Jesus, heal my daughter. And Jesus goes, No. It's not for you. That's literally what Jesus said. It's not for you. And the Syrophoenician woman says, yeah, but you're Jesus. Uh (laughs) Come on. Y'all going to laugh about halfway home. Here's the lady that just didn't have the good sense to not believe Jesus when Jesus said, I don't want to heal you. Because she knew him. She had heard of him. She had heard who he was. She had probably seen what he had done. And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. I know you. And even if you tell me I won't do it, I don't believe you. Because I know you. And then he turns around and calls her a name. Says, well, it's not good for me to give something that was meant for somebody else to a little dog. And man, you know, if I'd have said that to any church member over my 20-something years, <laughs> right? Can you believe what that Pastor Brad said? <laughs> he just says I was an unbelieving dog. <laughs> he called me a dog. He said I didn't have the right. He said all kinds. And he, uh, I'm offended. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And she goes, oh, yeah, but I know you. And you'll even let the little dogs come and get the crumbs that fall from who you are. I know you. You'll not hold anything back, even if I am that. Even if I, I'll wow. still. I know you. And Jesus stood back and said, "Lady, I have not seen that in all of those who say they know me. Wow. All of those who profess that they know me, they do not. You know me." You know me, and I can't run you off because you know me. So be it done unto you according to your faith. 
be it done unto you according to your knowing of me. And that's why we know, and we'll get to it later when we're done with the prayer of faith, why Paul prayed so much, Father, that they would grow in the knowledge of you. That mercy and grace and peace would abound as they know you more. Does that make sense? Listen to me, guys. I've prayed for a year, and y'all know I have. Lord, I've, and I've said it. I, there's a gap. There's a gap. How do we, and we've said it, right? We've said it. In our, how do we close the gap? How do we close? By knowing Him. Amen. So, Father, we love you so much. We're so very grateful for who you are. Lord, I love you so much. And I thank you for showing me who you are even more. More and more and more, Lord. Lord, I pray what you taught us to pray. Father, that we would know you. Lord, that we would know you better. That we would know you more. That we would see more of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.